0: I'm Jordan Hagedorn, and I'm John Kim, and this is Sneaker Salaries, a deep dive look at sneaker news
1: and sneaker culture with insights from those that live the passion and the lifestyle of sneakers. Today, we're going to just cover some basic topics, Um, the big one being Supreme being bought out, or basically James Jebbia flipping Supreme for $2.1 billion to VFC, and of course, some major sneaker releases, two in particular that we like is the Dunk High Pure Platinum, and the Air Max One Pink or Strawberry
0: Lemonade. Joining us today on the show is Alan Galloway, AKA Old Man Alan. And when we we're doing our research on Alan, we really couldn't come up with a title. You know, he's a, a curator of sorts and somebody who does a lot of great things in the sneaker world and in the streetwear world. So,
1: uh, Alan, welcome to the show.
2: Thank you, man. I really appreciate you guys uh, inviting me on. I'm excited for
1: this. Yeah, you're a, a, a tough guy to wrangle down, but we're glad that we did. And, um, I think we, we wanted to speak to you in particular because of the fact that, you know, a lot of your uh, identity is from your relative obscurity, I guess you could say. And, um, you know, you've kind of like coined a lot of coined the hot on foot shoe look right now. The uh, you tip tilt your shoe to the, to the right <laughs> and you kind of do that thing. Right, so We right. wanted to talk a little bit about that, a little bit about how you kind of came to where you're at right now. And. Maybe share some advice with uh, some of the listeners. Uh, before we do that, though, we just want to go over some of the big things that's happening in, um, you know, our world right now. So first things first, you know, Supreme being bought out for 2.1 billion dollars. I mean, I think everyone who loves sneakers has some sort of personal connection or tie into Supreme. Alan, do you have any relationship with the brand, or what's like your first Supreme piece that you bought? And you know, what do you think about this sale?
2: I've picked up, you know, Supreme things here and there throughout the years. But, um, even though I don't a hundred percent, um, you know, push that brand like a lot of people do, but you got to, you know, show nothing but love to everything Supreme has done from the beginning, just, just based off of culture and everything they, they stand for and created back then. And even though they aren't the same as they were back then now, um, to see them flip that into, that kind of number is pretty insane, you know. Um it's definitely inspiring. I know a lot of the true diehards are probably, you know, upset about it and stuff like that. But um I think as long as they keep it exclusive like they need to and don't, you know, go crazy with it and see it in zoomies and shit like that. But you'll be good. But yeah. um they're they're not stupid. They're not gonna ruin that brand,
1: um, no matter what the check is. So
2: I don't know. What you guys think?
1: I think a big part of uh, when they made that announcement is that, you know, Supreme is basically just going to continue to operate as they were. And you see a lot of uh, memes on social media saying, oh, goodbye to Nike collabs and goodbye to this and that. But I think the key here is that, you know, Supreme is going to maintain its autonomy. And I think that's kind of what made made the brand what it is, that they kind of, you know, march to their own beat. Um, But yeah, you know, Supreme really isn't for everybody. You know, I was I am kind of came up in New York, so it was definitely part of my culture, you know, but for someone like Jordan, who's like from the Midwest, you know, I know, I know of your personal Supreme story. I know you don't wear Supreme. I think it's worth sharing if you would like to.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think Supreme outside of Nike and Adidas and Jordan, uh, from a sports standpoint, I think Supreme has been the most relevant brand in streetwear culture for a long time. And so, uh, when you look at this sale, it's it's pretty crazy because it's kind of been a little bit of an underground brand. You know, it hasn't been one of these billion-dollar corporations. And so, when you see two point one billion with a B, I mean, that's something that's super impressive. And uh, I really do hope they keep their kind of their integrity and what got them there. But at the same time, uh, to drive some serious revenue, you know, with, with that sale is going to be big. So, you know, I am not a big Supreme guy, uh, being from the Midwest, but. Um, I appreciate what they've done, you know, and, and I, uh, I have bought some of the collabs and things to, to either resell or, or get to the right people. But, uh, John, why don't you actually tell the story? I, I would love your perspective. I think being you being from New York, you have a huge connection to Supreme, you know, you rock Supreme, you, you know, you Ming from sneaker news and the whole team, you know, really tapped into that. So would love your take on just Supreme as a whole. And if you want to tell that story, you probably tell it better than me.
1: You know, I, I'm not a supreme head to toe guy. I never was. I probably can count the number of supreme items I have in two hands. So it's really not that much in terms of apparel. Um, and I think like the last few years, the anti supreme look has been big. And I think that's part of the reason why your page, Alan, has gotten big. It's, I'm not saying it's specifically for that, but it's almost like the, an- the anti supreme look, you know, not vivid colors. No logos, everything is super minimal. It's looks like, it's like the, the item itself doesn't it talking. But anyway, um, you know, I've been going in and out of Supreme stores for decades. You know, I still remember the first store and um, I remember buying like the original two Supreme Dunks. Not at the store, but I bought them on Nike Talk like I think a few months after they dropped. This particular story, um, I don't know how you got a pair, but it's the Supreme Air Force One High, the red pair. And um, you know, most people flip them because they're kind of hideous to wear unless you are a head-to-toe supreme guy. He sold a pair on eBay or whatever, and it's an Air Force One. So, I mean, you know, Air Force Ones, Alan. You know, on the on the side panel, there's like those tiny little perforations, mm-hmm. little holes, no right. big deal. And I think one of the holes wasn't fully punched through, or is that little tiny piece? Okay, just wasn't fully detached, and that's totally normal because the shoes are mass-produced. Um. And this happened at the office too, the Sneaker News office. He gets an email from the kid who bought the shoes, saying that the shoes are fake. That my dad's a lawyer, and they're going to come after him. And after this huge back and forth, finally had to like send us sent the shoes back. He returned the money. But in hindsight, it was probably better because the shoes probably sell for way more now. I don't even know if you still have them now, do you? But no, I got rid of them. Good because those are those things are kind of hideous. It's too much. It's too much shoe. You know what I mean? And I think with Supreme, a part of them is that they do like to go over the top like that and they know it's like you either like it or you don't. And most people end up liking it because it's, that's the strength of the brand. You know, I think it's, it's gone beyond like uh, what it is, but going back to what I said, how, you know, Alan, your page is almost like a anti Supreme kind of account. Not that it's outwardly that it's could be perceived as that. And that's just not just you. It's just a lot of pages are going for that clean, minimal look. Is that something that you had in mind or is that just like, something that just comes out naturally?
2: Uh, def- it's definitely nothing um, that was planned. Um, mm-hmm. A lot of people, you know, people ask me certain questions like that too, that are real specific on, you know, if I did this to get this result or, you know, stuff like that. or um, And it's never really about that for me. You know what I mean? It's just kind of whatever comes natural for whether it be a page idea or, a you know, whatever, you, even whatever you wear, whatever the case is, just, as long as it's 100% authentic, that's just what I try to do. Um, but like you, I never actually even thought about it. The anti-supreme wave is is a is a thing. It's a it's a, it's a, a, thing. It's a definite thing, you know. Because I don't, you know, I don't intentionally hit an explore page or anything like that on Instagram looking for things. But sometimes you'll accidentally go down that route, and you'll see nothing but the worst outfits you've ever seen with oh, like you're saying head to toe Supreme mm-hmm. logos and stuff. And mm-hmm. you know, you see that enough times. Somebody has to make the decision. You want to keep looking like that or you, <laughs> you know what right. I mean? But um so that that's just kind of what my I represent, maybe the alternative to that. So
1: I think a lot of the purists have something to say when it comes to uh the 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 new age Supreme head, you know, because you know the the brand was found not just on skate, but just on like the gritty downtown culture of new york it had that unique art gallery sort of set up to it and um i mean the fact that it branched out like in japan as quick as it did and it definitely had that you know far east coast sign but now like you said there's if you go on the explore page which i think no one should no definitely <laughs> you don't. see so many you know you see the head-to-toe look and it's just kind of like i don't think that's what was intended and it's just making me not like it but right. supreme is such a big a big brand that you know it's it's worth the follow on Instagram like when you see that they're doing a, a dirt bike supreme dirt bike or a or a i don't know thermos or whatever yeah don't know, don't get me
2: wrong either I got love for supreme too I mean they have some oh, of the most classic and legendary collaborations period you know they're like you said those two dunks that they initially did with the elephant print. The Blazers they did, those are still, that's a, you know, come on, that's a perfect shoe almost. Um, it's yeah. still got that little bit of gaudiness to it, but it's done the right way. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm.
1: Um, Definitely you, legendary. You, We're not taking away from them. Yeah. Yeah.
2: You can't, you, you know, no matter what you say about Supreme, your opinion is you have to give them respect. This proves oh, Absolutely. It. That 2.1 yeah. billion proves it as well. So
1: Yeah. And I think, again, the key is that they're just going to continue doing what they do. We believe, you know, VF is probably just going to inject some maybe back-end help because, you know, there's all those horror stories of trying to buy Supreme online and all that kind of stuff. But that's anything, right? Anything online that's coveted, it's it's just always going to be a challenge to buy stuff online. But yeah, um, one thing that I kind of, uh, I guess this is a good segue into is that, you know, your page definitely helped pioneer that vintage old sneaker look or just the white and gray look. And I think this upcoming dunk, which is not really an original colorway or anything like that. It kind of seems like Nike just recognized it. They said, yo, let's fast track this whitening gray dunk and let's drop it. Yeah. What's your take on this shoe? Is this something that you would probably buy or, or not? It's,
2: it's, it's they're going for obviously, you know, the, the, the white base, gray swoosh, gray bottom look, you know, the neutral gray Jordan one copy dunk, I guess you want to call it, but um, it's okay. I mean, I saw a picture of somebody actually did get a pair in hand today on Instagram a couple minutes ago. Um, and they look all right. It's, I know they're the SP shape. So they aren't, you know, how exactly I probably would prefer them to be. Um, but it looks like they're going in the right direction um, for the majority of stuff they're starting to do next year. You know, I saw that right. the news broke about the Jordan 1 that's dropping early next year even the shape on that shoe, the toe on it looks crazy to me. It does not, you know, I know it's just an early image and, you know, it could change down the line, but um, I don't know. I just really wish they would get these shoes right with the shape.
1: Yeah. I think that's, that's always been like uh, the one, you know, criticism, I guess, you know, people have about, you know, the, the reissues is just kind of maintaining that shape. I would have to say that the dunks definitely, Made vast improvements when they were pretty bad, like in the in the early two thousands, the '90s. And I know Jordan, you're not really much of a dunk guy, but you are a huge Air Jordan One guy. I think I don't, I can't, I don't know anyone else, else that has more original Air Jordan Ones than you. So, what was your take on a dunk like this?
0: Yeah, I I love it. You know,
2: I Wait, think hold hold up, I need like... to know how many you have.
1: Uh,
0: so I have
1: about 30 pairs of OG ones.
2: Oh, wow. Okay.
0: Yeah. So I bought a lot of OG ones in college. Um, a lot of the Chicago, a lot of black, red, uh, a few Royals, um, nice. the white, white, gray, white, metallic blue. Uh, yeah. And you still have everything. I, I, uh, I, I do. I've got rid of a few pair. Um, but back in college I used to have, I think every pair except two of the metallics. Nice. So, uh, and I don't, I didn't have the lows either. Those are pretty tough. Those, those one lows, but, uh, sorry to cut you off. No, all good, man. All good. Uh, <laughs> I actually want to, I want to ask you at some point about, about kind of some of your OGs, but, um, as far as these dunks, you know, I think, uh, I'm, I'm kind of an OG guy. You know, I love the the heritage of Nike and, uh, you go back to, yeah, I was born in 85, but you go back to all those dunks and the be true collection. And, you know, of course, all the Supreme stuff you guys talk about, I mean, dunks were so big, uh, in the early to mid two thousands that, um, you know, it's cool to see them bringing some stuff back. Right. I, I think they're trying, right. They're not always going to nail it. I think that's part of um, Nike's forte is they don't always nail it, but they're trying. and And I know Dunks have gotten hot. They've listened. They've kind of continued to push stuff back out. So I'm curious to see. I have a feeling this is just a catalyst to see some more stuff. And they're going to maybe start with a blank canvas and then roll into some of the colorful stuff. And uh, who knows what'll happen with college basketball? But maybe they'll kind of bring some of that stuff back. But I like it. It's one of the purest shoes. You know, you look at Dunks and Jordan Ones and Air Force Ones. Uh, we've seen. Way too many Air Force Ones over the years, as we know. But um Dunks, I'm I'm hoping to see more dunks than Air Force Ones here in the coming months. So I like it. It's it's a shoe that is, you know, decent to rock with jeans, but uh I'm not buying it, but I do like that I think this is a start of dunks for Nike.
2: I do wish they maybe for twenty twenty one another idea is put the dunk on ID. It's been too long. Just just put it on ID for a few months and let people go crazy.
1: I think um the dunks was one of the first shoes when people really started to customize shoes like at home and buying Angelus paint this was like mid yep. 2000s that's when the dunk was like the shoe because weirdly enough like the all-white dunk highs and lows were the ones that nobody wanted or even just like the air maxes and that's what people would buy and paint and when i say people i mean me by myself painting at home uh, but it was fun you know like it's it was just part of it you know but uh, me personally like this is like a, a pass i think it's it's a it's a clean colorway it definitely fits in with like the real New York look right now or the or the old man Allen look that, that I like to call it. You know, corduroys and khakis and all that kind of stuff. It looks a little look good, but it's just not really for me. But, you know, I think it's just just an example of Nike kind of paying attention, kind of keeping their ear to the ground a little bit and, uh, you know, bring this out. And this this really did kind of sneak up on everybody. It wasn't like a shoe that got leaked early. It just sort of like kind of popped up. But uh, another shoe that's dropping this week that actually means a lot to me not this one in particular but Air Max 1s in general. Like I'm a huge Air Max 1 fan. To me the Air Max 1 is my Air Jordan. Or Air Maxes are my Air Jordans. Um I was, you know, never a huge basketball player. I love Jordans and I had a, have a whole bunch, but Air Maxes mean a lot to me. And this is a a spin or one of the three spin-offs of that Powerwall joint from 06. And if uh, anyone's not really uh, sure about the the Powerwall collection, it was basically like a Nike Town exclusive collection of Air Maxes. They were super limited. And it was just kind of celebrate celebrating the launch of the Air Max 360. And it's a shoe that like only gets talked about amongst like Air Max like fanatics. Um, but And when it does appear like on eBay or something like that, they always go for like a couple thousand bucks. But for this shoe, they decided to spin off the whole lemonade thing and do like a strawberry lemonade. And to me, like it kind of got cheesy by doing these alternate flavors, but... You know, some people might like it, you know, some people this might be their first entry into that whole Powerwall thing. But what do you guys think? Like, is this a a hit or a miss?
0: Yeah. I mean, I think, um, John, to your point, this is a spinoff. This is kind of a new flavor. You kind of appreciate that Nike's trying to do something that veers from the OG, but also gives people a little something. Um, you know, we all grew up loving some of the stuff in the nineties and then into the two thousands. Uh, but this is a hard pass for me. Yeah. Uh, yeah.
2: I definitely appreciate the Air Max one as well, but I don't want nothing to do with this shoe. I'm going to be honest. (laughs) Um, Yeah, it's just not for me. It's just not for me, but I I definitely appreciate the Air Max one. That's a classic.
1: Mm -hmm. And I think like anything that kind of has this like long story behind it, it's just better left as a legend. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yes, some shoes deserve to be re-released like an Atmos Air Max one or whatever, but the Powerwall thing is so like esteemed to the people who care about it and to the people who don't care about it they just don't give a shit about it so it's like it's better left to be that you know historical piece than it to be brought out and i think the 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 whole flavor thing was just it's just really corny but you know it's still worth talking about because you know air max ones are kind of making a comeback as well so i think uh whoever whoever gets them you know it's okay you can wear them on your feet but i think from the three of us it's it's a pretty hard pass but uh actually let's go back to the dunk actually because you know that's this is a shoe that um honestly like even as recently as like two years ago it wasn't really on anyone's radar you know it was maybe even three years ago i think there's so many different things you can do to attribute to its resurgence you know anyone who loved the shoe from the beginning will get mad when they say oh travis scott is the reason or virgil abloh is the reason but they played huge roles in at least get making it relevant again um and the dunk is going to obviously it was a big focus in 2020. It will be moving forward. And now they're doing all these like shop collabs. You don't really see the dunk do too much in the, like the fashion collabs. What's your, what's your general take on that? You think the, the shop collab is the approach to go, or do you think um, shops just kind of have, do they still kind of have that influence now? Cause it's really more about designer slash individual than a shop these days. What's your take on that?
2: I, I think the shop idea is actually really good. Um, i know a couple of people um mj from noter in uh, chicago they're doing a dunk um i love everything they do their vans are clad the couple of vans those pack they just dropped did really well oh, they're sick uh the green ones that they did i think it was like probably like a year ago that dunk was that or not sorry i'm talking about dunks that that uh, old school was crazy um as far as the shops though, I I think it's the right thing to do because they've, they've definitely done the specific, you know, influencer or celebrity thing enough. I think um, with a collab, like, you know, Virgil's done every shoe, um, every popular shoe they have at this point. Um, Travis is doing everything They're You know, they're at the top of the mountain for that type of stuff. I don't think they're going to be able to, you know, break past that at least for right now. So, giving these shops, you know, especially shops that really mean a lot to the culture and mean a lot to these people that are buying these shoes. Um, as long as they're picking the right shops um, and letting them do exactly what they want to do, I think, you know, um, that's really important too, because a lot of these shoes we see, um, nobody really talks about, but that might not be exactly how they wanted that shoe to come out too. So, Of course. Yeah. Um, you know, and I, I know that's a big, Catch-22, a lot of people don't think about when they criticize these shoes and stuff like that. A lot of the behind-the-scenes stuff nobody really talks about. Um, but as long as they give it to the right shops and let them do whatever they really want to do with it, and just let them have free reign, kind of like how Virgil did, and you know, just let them go, um, I think it'll do really, really well, and it'll connect with the people the right way. I really do.
1: Absolutely. I think um, with shops before you know collaborations were mostly with designers and influencers it was the shops because the shops were the most trusted you know they're the ones who had the taste they're the ones who had the right shoes on the shelf and you know you know it, we're in a an era where individuals are more recognizable or more trusted than like an entity i guess you could say so we understand that yeah like you do need a a travis or a virgil and you know they're at a point where anything that they do will get people's attention whereas if, if a shoe does a collab with a shop you know it, it could be a flop you know it could be you know and I think in some ways there's kind of uh, a little bit of magic towards that because you really get to judge based on the concept versus like oh it's a Virgil shoe therefore it's a hot shoe you know what I mean mm-hmm. um, but yeah its really comes down to the shops you know we've already seen you know notar the the shoes already kind of leaked um you know casina in korea did one and to me that was a kind of a shock because you know Casina they've been around for a while but you know, to to have the first Dunk collab be with a Korean shop that it meant it meant everything to me. You know, and especially in Asia, and I talk about this all the time, especially in Asia. You know, Japan gets a lot of love because they're you know considered like an, uh one of the godfathers of the sneaker culture. China is such a huge market, so they get a lot of their exclusives. But Korea, in general, for the, basically since up until twenty eighteen, like they really didn't get that much attention. But we see a lot of that being geared towards them right now. So. Now we want to focus more on you, Alan. You know, you're really the reason why we wanted to have this conversation, give our give our audience a bit of an idea of what exactly you do. And just to kind of fill everybody in, you know, he's known as, or you might know him as Old Man Alan on Instagram, but he has probably dozens of Instagram accounts under his uh, umbrella. Um, can you talk about some of the other accounts that you've grown and what they're for and what you're looking to achieve with those?
2: Uh, yeah. So my personal page, like you said, that's old man, Allen. Um, you can, you know,
1: find me directly
2: there, but, um, alternate to that, I have a few, you know, um, pages that I run and, and stuff every day. The first one I mainly do is called uh, Sea reverse for care. Um, that's been going for probably about two years now. Um, it's kind of like a hybrid of a mood board, uh, daily feature of shoes, outfits, um, inspiration. Um, I don't know. Uh, I kind of just go freestyle with that page every day. Like I don't plan anything with it. Um, you know, I have things planned down the road, stuff like that. But, um, as far as content for the page and stuff like what I do every day with it, it's literally on the fly. So, um, I highly recommend anybody, you know, they bored on Instagram with all the bullshit they're looking at on there. Check it out. It's a little bit different. So, um, on top of that, um, I also have a page called what you wearing. Um, that's kind of like how you were talking about earlier about the shoe pick. That's kind of become popular. Um, John, you know, the looking down angled snap a picture type deal. Um, I wasn't, I'm, you know, the sure. I'm sure I wasn't the first one to do that, but that page is focused directly on that. Um, uh, you know, i got a couple other things. too. you can check out the details on that off my old man Allen page, but those are, those are the main things, um, that take up most of my time.
0: Well, let me jump in here. I'm a big card collector too. So, okay, uh, (laughs) back into the, into the hobby, uh, 2014 and have been buying up Kobe's and Jordan's and uh, I'm a Brett Favre kind of super collector of sorts. Um, can you talk about that, you know, how you formulated your taste? Maybe bring us back a little bit, kind of the origin story, because a lot of stuff you're doing is really super relevant in the culture right now between cards and and sneakers and just kind of streetwear. So you maybe bring us back a little bit and, and tell us your origin story and how you formulated your taste over the years.
2: Yeah. So um, I grew up, you know, right in the middle of the end of the 90s into the early 2000s. To me, that's like the, the golden era of everything that we talk about, you know, and live through now. Um, heavy Jordan head, dunk head, um, bulls. I grew up in Sacramento my whole life. My favorite basketball team growing up is the, you know, early 2000 Kings teams, J. Will, Vladdy Weber, you know, that whole era. So that's the stuff that raised me. So everything I, you know, everything I do and try to push out, you know, every, whatever outlet I have is I always try and keep somewhat rooted from that. I try to think I have a somewhat diverse audience. You know, the the people I push this content out to and talk to every day, uh, ranging from kids that are just getting into this stuff, that are you know teenagers, um, in middle school, high school, all the way up to you know OGs that have been doing this since the beginning um, that still reach out to me and say you know good job with what you're doing and stuff. So I always try and just keep my content. Giving these people, you know, some sort of knowledge and and um, more than just pictures, you know, looking at pictures and stuff. I know there's a lot of really popular pages and stuff like that who just will put whatever out to these these people without, you know, really thinking about it too much. I really put a lot of thought
0: and um,
2: I really appreciate this this culture and what it's been able to do for me. So I just want to make sure I return the favor. That's all
0: there's a, there's a lot of parallels with cards and sneakers these days, right? Uh, you get a lot of kids hustling and flipping cards and stuff like for sure. in the world. And, uh, it's been really fun to see cause I got back in, like I said, in 2014 and now it's really exploded where there's like venture capitalists and these LeBron, all these cards are selling for $1.8 million. Right. So, yeah. uh, you know, this is sneaker salaries. Obviously we, we would love to hear more kind of, how you make money in the industry and, and how you monetize kind of your love of sneakers. And obviously you got this top deal, but can you talk more on the sneaker side, how you monetize? If you kind
2: of navigate things the right way, um, if you choose to do it this way through Instagram and stuff like that, like I have, you know, don't, don't let these uh, companies that reach out to you and, you know, want to offer you free stuff for this, you know, I'll give you this to do this. My biggest advice to kids out there trying to go down that route is don't let these brands play you with that because I know so many people that have tried to do something similar and they'll jump the gun and, you know, get some free shoes, get another pair of free shoes, post this picture and, you know, the brand moves on. It might seem to some people it's just a picture of a shoe or whatever, but, that picture of a shoe can really blossom into a deal, like you said. This is a very popular thing. No matter what, you know, even if somebody across the street might not be into it, there's a million people on the other side that are super passionate about this. And I, I, I would just suggest these kids to um, value their work a little bit more. You know, <laughs> don't don't do things just for free product. Even you know, say no a few times to these brands. Um, because if you keep saying yes for nothing there, you'll never get anything out of this. Value your work, do good work, do consistent work, you know, do it every day. Don't ever let up on what you're doing. You know, keep pushing, pushing. Um, if they, if these brands see has, you can be consistent with whatever you're doing and it's at the highest level, they have no choice, but to eventually come back around, you know, it could be months, could be years down the road, as long as you can hold out and stay true to what you're doing. You know, nine times out of 10, that, that uh, thing you're hoping for will come back to you.
1: One thing that I would really like to know about you is that I think you've started your Instagram account because you just kind of wanted an outlet. You know, you just wanted to kind of share your love for that, that key era of what kind of made you who you are today to the masses. But at what point did you realize like, oh shit, like this could be like profitable. Like I, I could make a salary out of this, you know, there's like secret salaries, right?
2: Right. Um... I, I don't know the specific time, you know, exact time that switched for me. I do know when I realized that this is something, you know, I need to give all of my time to um, because I can't stop not thinking about this stuff for me. That, that's always my thing is like, people ask me, you know, how, how do you have the time to do this? How do you, you know, how do you run all these pages? How do you do, how do you even have time to get stuff done, you know, every day? Um, consistently. And it's because this is something that I've been addicted to since I was 12, 13 years old. Um, you know, it might not have been popular as popular back then. We didn't have the internet like this, but in some sort of way, I've been doing this that long. You know what I mean? Whether it be anything with a shoe, you know, sports, it's all tied together, music, you know, all of that. It's just all one thing to me. Um, and I'm going to continue doing it, whether I know it might sound crazy, but whether or not I get paid or not, I'm probably going to still do it because it's my passion because it's, you know, what I care about besides my wife and kids, you know, this is, it's what keeps everything going. So, um, when I realized that like real, like really realize realize that. Um, that's when things started to change for me, I think, and I really just dove, I really just dove in, and that, that's probably my best advice to people. If it's something you can't stop thinking about for long periods of time, uh, stop thinking about it and just go for it, you know what I mean? And, and do it the right way, treat people with respect, um, Be kind to anybody you do come an acquaintance to, um, build great relationships with people. And I, I think that's my best advice to people there, you know.
1: I think just, just to quickly add before Jordan closes, I think that's a really important thing that it has to be authentic. Like You have to actually like it, right? I think it's so easy to be part of a conversation just by buying certain shoes and posting on IG or wearing a certain thing, being the supreme head to toe guy. It's, it's so easy to be part of a conversation, but do you want to just be like a blurb in that conversation or do you want to be like the conversation starter? And the key to that is just got to be authentic. You got to really like it. You know Jordan loves basketball cards and football and sneakers, and that's why he buys original Jordan that's why he's an elf agent i love i'm i have a i have a background in in the the health industry, but I just love sneakers, and now I do this and we all did it not thinking, well, I'm gonna get paid from this. We all did it because we just it just spilled out of us so we we couldn't stop thinking about it even when we weren't thinking it was naturally coming out of us so I think that's a really good point and that you know, if you stay true, then the opportunities will come, but be careful with it. Don't say yes to every deal, kind of thing, just like you laid out. So I think that's some really good points. Yeah.
0: And Alan, uh, you may not know this, but John gave up a six figure career in the pharmacy world in order to work at Sneaker News. <laughs> very little per post. And now he's the editor in chief. Six, six figures. <laughs> I made six figures in pastes. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, uh, Alan, you know, you, uh, I will say you are a breath of fresh air in the sneaker world when, you know, when there's a lot of things that have kind of really been played out, uh, over the last sure. years. And, and we appreciate, uh, you know, you sharing some of that with us. We, we're certainly, uh, glad you came on to share a little bit of insight with everybody and uh, we're very excited to see where you go with things in the coming years and months. And, uh, we know everything you're going to be doing is great. So thank you so much for being on the podcast.
2: Thanks you guys so much. Uh, we appreciate you guys, uh, reaching out and, uh, I'll definitely be listening.
1: And uh, before you wrap, you just want to tell, uh, whoever's listening, you know, where they could find you on uh, social media. Yeah. Uh, best place to find
2: me is just on Instagram, old man, Allen, uh, just how it sounds and, uh, everything I'm doing, you can find directly off there. So
1: cool. Thanks a lot, man. So that's it for this week's episode of Sneaker Salaries, but let's keep the conversation going online on our social media channels. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Sneaker Salaries and hit us with a DM or a tweet. You can follow me personally on Instagram at John B-E-E-J Kim.
0: And you can follow me on Instagram at Jordan Hagedorn.
1: We'd love to hear your feedback.
0: And if there's a topic you want us to tackle or a guest you want us to have on, you can reach out to us at sneakersalariespod at gmail.com. If you like the episode, feel free to share it with your friends and help spread the word.
1: And please show us some love by leaving a five-star rating and positive review so we can grow this podcast. Sneaker Salaries is a sneakernews.com and one thirty seven p.m. partnership and a Gallery Media Group original production.